Welcome, one and all, to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on current events, including the news. I'm one of the hosts. My name is David Reese, a.k.a. Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. I'm joined by my co-host, Starly Kine. Hi, Starly. Hi. And John Kimball. Hi, John. Hey. Lots to discuss this week. As ever, the world has fully satisfied our insatiable thirst for news. We wanted to start with a news story that has captivated the world's attention, and that is Ever Given, the little boat that could. John, give us the update on Ever Given in case people haven't heard the latest. Well, the latest is Ever Given is free, finally. Ever Given was freed this morning around 9 a.m. Eastern time and is now starting to make its way out of the canal. And... Shipping is starting up again through the canal. What freed it? Uh, that's kind of the question. I don't really know. I mean... With the help of the moon and tides. Yes, yes. The moon and big... the tide. Where Elon Musk, old Mr. Mars, let me build a f- submarine and help everybody. Where the fuck was Elon Musk? The moon. <laughs> I love that Elon <laughs> Musk, Mr. Mars... Don't send a Mars man to do a moon's job. Everybody loves Mars, and everybody thinks Mars is so great. Mars is dominating the headlines. Mars is all over TikTok. Even this very podcast. Mars, Mars, Mars. The moon, that was the biggest flex on the part of the moon. The moon totally put Elon Musk in his place. Let me me fuck around and and get these tides, get this water lifted, and get this boat unstuck, Elon. Wow. This was the moon's moment. So the boat is freed? Yes, it's free. The moon was involved. A bunch of tugboats are involved. A bunch of dredging was involved. Um, I don't really know all the particulars of exactly how they did it. So I'd be interested to finally find out all of the details. We've been sort of living in, yeah, they're trying to float it. They're going to push it. They're going to dig it out. But it's just nothing really more specific than that. I feel like when those kids got stuck in Thailand, there was a lot more detail on, uh, you know, the specifics and the, and the technical issues of that. Uh, this is more just funny memes and we should just float it out with balloons and stuff like that, which we're, that's kind of fun. There was a lot less news happening when those kids got caught in Thailand. There was like one news story that year. There, there was so much news happening now that maybe they're like, we're not even going to bother writing those details out. We're just going to go straight to meme. <laughs> but I kind of feel like the news, ha- it, we're back to that now where there isn't as much news. What do you think this episode's going to be full of? Nothing but news. Yeah, but I agree with John. There's less news now than there was a year ago. This news is kind of weak, the news th- of, the, of this week that we're going to be discussing. Wow, John, putting the news on notice. Weak news. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's news, but, uh, I mean, it's nothing like the news we were dealing with three months ago. Yeah. But you think the boat was the biggest piece of news for the last week? It was the most interesting. This was a, it was a big news story. It affected the global supply chain. It affected gl- the global economy. But don't the vaccines affect more people? I wonder if we, I wonder if there's an expert who could tell us for the past week, if more people were affected by the vaccine or the ever given. Yeah, like uh, in, a, in, a, in a trickle out way. Yep, yep. Here's what I would have liked from this story. I would have liked <laughs> more detail on what was on the ship, more detail 
about shipping in general. That's all going to come. But it would have been interesting to have learned some of that this week. You want to run in Farrell Lane's New Yorker profile of what that ship contained. I also am interested now in how long it's going to take to clear 600 vessels or however many there are. I think there's at least 450 through there. How long does it take to clear that traffic jam? It may take still several more days, weeks to get that straight. Sort of interesting. Do you think the ship was was afraid of life returning to normal and that's why it got stuck? I don't believe in everyone trying to find symbolism in the ship. I just think it was truly wind, (laughs) but that they got unlucky. It's sort of like a plane crash. All sorts of things have to go wrong. You need wiring. You also need pilot error and then the wind and stuff like that. Uh, Well, I think you lost this battle because once the ship was freed via the moon and tide, I think symbolism won out. I think it's it's point for symbolism. Let me ask you guys a question, not about symbolism, but about capitalism. Mm. Would you pay more for an item if you were told that it had been stuck on the Ever Given? You go to Target because you need socks and they have a special display called Ever Given Stuff. Here's a certificate that says these socks were aboard the Ever Given legendary ship that clogged up the Suez Canal. Is an NFT involved? No, there's no NFT. Fuck NFTs. I don't think I would. You wouldn't? I think I would. That's a legend. That's a legendary container ship now. Does it have a certificate of authenticity that comes with it? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay, maybe. But would it be an item from the ship that you could use for another purpose? Yeah, yeah. It was on. It was stuck. It's something that was in one of those shipping containers. It's toilet paper. It's a toothbrush. It's a bike. It's the stuff of life. It's the stuff of life. It's one of the billion dollars worth of things on that ship. There was so much stuff on that ship. 20,000 containers. That's so awesome. That's like 20,000 trucks. So, John, you want to have an itemized list of everything on the ship? No, no. It's you just said you want to know what's on the ship. Yes, I did. I, I, you said that. I, I don't know if I care now, actually. Because <laughs> the ship is old news now. Wow. Minutes ago, you said you wanted to know what was on that ship. I... I thought this week, instead of all this, they're trying to free the ship, it would have been interesting to know, well, we've got these bananas. They're going to go bad soon. We've got uh, this. We've got that. I I mean, I guess I'm still interested in it at this point, but now they're going to be delivered to their port in a few days. So it's just not as interesting. I would have been like rooting for them a little bit harder, knowing that all these animals needed to get rescued or these plants were going to die. Or the, these fashions might go out of style. I mean, if that <laughs> ship had been stuck long enough, the fashions might have gone out of style. You go to Zara or something, they got to turn that stuff over quick. If it, if it was like jigsaw puzzles or, or like stuff that was the last of the things that you do during a pandemic, every day that they're on the ship makes them less relevant to our lives as more and more people get vaccinated. If these coloring books don't wind up in the port in the next two weeks, no one's going to want these coloring books. Right. Yeah, we're never going to want to color again. Before we leave the cargo container ship, I have to mention, as I always do when cargo container ships are in the news, please watch the documentary Dead Slow Ahead, one of the most beautiful films I've ever had the pleasure of watching. That's my cultural recommendation for the week. It's about cargo container ships. Okay. Georgia voting law. The state legislature controlled by Republicans, including a Republican governor, Brian Kemp, have passed some uh, some election laws, 
which are designed to limit access to the ballot and make it harder for people to vote. Making it safer. Right, making it safer. Of course, they frame it as cutting down on voter fraud. I think when Georgia elected two Democratic senators, they were like, um, okay, so we know now democracy is no longer going to work for us down here in Georgia. We need to come up with some other strategies. You know, reading the restrictions they want to put into place, I have to hand it to them. The way they just go for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the chess game, so during the election, the idea was planted that fraud happened. It was not proven that it happened, but that was the, the narrative. So now they have to fix the fraud that they failed to prove happened. Mm-hmm. Now they are working off the lie that they told before. This new lie is building. Like, it's a buildable lie. That yeah. is incredible. Um, the, the little detail where they want to outlaw people being given food and water in line. Because that can be construed as gifts to influence people's vote. Right. Very nice touch, I find. Unlimited challenges to someone's voter registration. You can just keep challenging whether they're correctly registered to vote. And the big one is that you can take over county boards of election, which is huge. Right. That all gets bumped up to the state level as opposed to the county level. Yeah. So the Republican state legislature is essentially in charge of the election. They're just like, yeah, we see some problems in Fulton County, which is a, a majority minority county. So we're going to we're gonna get in there and uh, we're going to count the votes now. Or we're going to set the uh, standard for how the votes will be counted. That, that county is not involved in this election anymore. Bye-bye. The Republicans, so Republicans like... People who still vote Republican, they like this look. They like just being known as the cheating party. I think that I think the issue is that for a lot of Republican voters, they now feel like this is, you know, this is an existential moment for the future of the United States. And that if we want to keep the United States as America— we have to pull out all the stops because Cheaters. we're at total war. Yeah, but in their mind, they're not saying we need to cheat to keep the United States the United States. They're saying we need to prevent the Democrats from cheating. But they don't believe that. There's just no way to they could actually believe that it's this in, in, in this case. It's too overt. It's so comically villainous. You don't think Republicans believe that Democrats are cheating and stole the election? Uh, yeah, I think they. I think they believe it. I think many of them absolutely believe it, even though there's no evidence. <laughs> Republican, re- listen. Republicans believe the welfare state is cheating because they see that as Democrats just buying black votes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it feels like there's a part of the smarter ones that think um, if this is what it takes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. It's a mix. It's a mix. But we always knew this moment was coming, right? I mean, feels like there was always going to be a turning point in American history when our avowed love of democracy was going to run up against the fact that being a true democracy would eventually mean being a true multi-ethnic democracy. And that's just how the demographics were going to play out. And now we're at that moment. I mean, we've been at that moment, obviously, since the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, all that stuff. This has been a constant source of tension. Yeah. But now the difference is like there is a date— I guess it's in the 2040s when we will be a majority-minority country. And that's different. That is that is new. That is, that is something that we've never had before. And that's what this moment, you know, I think that's what people are gearing up for. Yeah, it essentially comes down to 
they are looking at, if we have a choice between democracy and a non-white country, which one are they going to choose? But that's why I'm saying they're not lying to themselves. They're putting in those terms to themselves and saying, we can't let that happen. And this is what it means to make that not happen. So be it. We will support this party. Let them cheat. Let them just do whatever it takes to make that not happen. Right. Yeah. It's existential. John, what's going to happen in the courts with all this stuff? Stacey Abrams going to destroy this voter suppression attempt? In North Carolina, the the courts overturned a lot of it uh, because they were able to prove that it was specifically racially motivated. And I feel like in Georgia, they probably were aware of the mistake that uh, North Carolina Republicans made and will say that it wasn't racially motivated. It was just partisan motivated, which the Supreme Court seems to be okay with. We'll see. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. If the federal voting rights bill passes... I think the federal voting rights law would, would supersede some of these state laws. And so what's the problem with that? It's not, it won't pass in the Senate? Right. Not unless they get rid of the filibuster. So this is where Joe Manchin could come in. This is where my man, the king, Joe Manchin, we must, we have no choice but to stand. Joe Manchin. But I mean, this could be his moment, just like the moon. He could be the moon. Joe Manchin could be Joe Moonshin. <laughs> this could be Joe Manchin's time to free that try vote. Stephen Nuchin, stuck in that now canal. try Joe Moonshin. <laughs> you sorry, I missed that joke. It was incredible, Starly, and it would be absolutely my pleasure to say it again. But in order for this pun to work, you have to agree that this is Joe Manchin's time to become the moon. Now, fix that thought in your head and p- prepare for this pun. Okay, I'm picturing it. You tried Stephen Nuchin, now try Joe Moonchin. Mm. Ooh, spitting hot fire. Uh, which part of me picturing Joe Manchin as a moon is contingent on making that joke work? It's all just language play. It's the love of language, the defining characteristic of all good podcasts. I don't know who loves what and who hates what on this podcast anymore. You love language. John hates symbolism. I thought he loved inventory. Turns out he hates inventory. (laughs) It's hard to keep up. John's like the wind. So all the Georgia stuff is TBD. The federal voting laws are TBD. I guess it'll depend on, on Joe Manchin and this filibuster. I still believe that Joe Manchin, you know, like... I got so excited a couple weeks ago with this COVID bill where I was like, oh my God, what if Joe Biden just like totally kicks Obama's ass at being president? Mm -hmm. And everyone forgets about Obama and just goes crazy for Joe Biden because Joe Biden actually learned all these lessons from the shortcomings of the Obama administration. And you know that would drive Barack Obama up the wall. Joe Biden exits the presidency with an even sicker Netflix deal than Obama got. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like the greatest president of all time inspires all these people with his bold with his bold progressive vision cuz now they're talking about this infrastructure bill. Ooh, the numbers they're putting up for this infra bill are, are very exciting. It's like mm-hmm. 3 4 trillion dollars. Joe Manchin is all about this infra bill raising taxes to pay for it. But the question is the filibuster because if they don't reform the filibuster, they're never passing voting rights legislation. Is he but he's never going to do it. Mm-mm, just wait. Just wait. He's playing the long game. What are we waiting for exactly now? Something amazing that's going to happen. I'm like QAnon, but for Joe Manchin. I'm I'm Manchin-on. Just wait. Just wait. Joe Manchin will be president on on April 14th. Mark my words. We're waiting for the storm. Waiting for the Joe Manchin storm. What we need is that moon. We need those tides. We need that public support to lean on Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. Get those tides to lift them up so they'll support 
filibuster reform. But this is where I get, this is where I become Joe Manchin. I really don't want to give him attention, and I really don't want him to feel more powerful. I'm, this is, I'm the sticking point now. You've outmanchined Joe Manchin. Oh, I like that. I don't see any real change in any Georgia-related predicted markets as a result of this felonious new voting laws. But there are other voting issues coming up this week. The Amazon Union. Oh, this was like a true segue into the other thing we were going to talk about. Yeah. There's going to be a vote for whether the workers in Alabama at the Amazon warehouse are going to unionize. By the time you hear this episode, polls will have closed. Will the vote pass? Will they have unionized? This thing is going to be like Florida 2000. I think really? it's going to be so long and drawn out, the vote counting. You think? You, you, oh, my God, yeah, because you can challenge union elections just like you can challenge legislative elections. I don't think we're going to know the results of this union vote for a long time. That's my prediction. I think it'll take weeks. I'm going to make a prediction that it's not going to pass because— Fuck me. Really, John? Alabama is a— just like North Carolina, one of these big right-to-work states. And I'm just skeptical. I'm just skeptical that it's going to happen. But the fact that you think it's going to be really close gives me, that actually makes me feel better about it. Yeah, but man, I thought Pete Buttigieg would never be in Biden's cabinet. So that might just be my wishful talking. And now they've got, uh, now they got Jay Carney, who used to be the director of communications for Biden, used to be the White House um, press secretary for Obama. He's running things over at Amazon in their communication shop. He couldn't have been running that Twitter account, though. I don't know, man. That was amazing. The hottest Twitter account right now is at Amazon News, which <laughs> is your trusted source for news from the PR department of Amazon. It's crazy. <laughs> this is so awesome. This is so, I love billionaires so much. I love them. I can't get enough of them. You know, Joe Biden came out with a message of support for the union drive at Amazon. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders obviously came out in support. Bernie Sanders is supposed to go down to Alabama. Jeff Bezos, apparently the CEO of Amazon or the richest man in the world, I guess, other than Vladimir Putin, apparently was frustrated that Amazon's Twitter account was being too passive in the face of these assaults from left-wing politicians and insisted that Twitter go hard in the paint to defend Amazon. <laughs> So this at Amazon News Twitter account basically started picking fights with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Oh, I got so excited. The CEO of Amazon, Dave Clark, sent a tweet to Bernie trying to claim that he was more progressive than Bernie. Yeah, he said Amazon was the Bernie Sanders of uh, <laughs> companies. Yeah, you are. You're the Bernie Sanders of companies. Not when Ben and Jerry is walking around. That's not going hard in the paint. That's going weird in the paint. And the things they were saying to Elizabeth Warren got me so agitated. When they were like, oh, isn't it very revealing how Elizabeth Warren is the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was descriptive. And then Elizabeth Warren turned right back around and was like, Elizabeth Warren's tweet was incredible. It was like, listen, you fucking piece of shit. I'm, I'm going to wreck your whole company six ways to Sunday. I'm going to break your company up into a million little pieces. You're going to think you're James Fry out here fucking selling socks. Can't even afford to sell a pair of socks. You're going to be selling socks one by one on the corner. Fuck you, Amazon. I'm Elizabeth Warren. Send official blue check mark Elizabeth Warren tweet. Mm. That was it was something like that. That was the feeling it gave me. And then they were talking about the whole thing about one of the wonderful things about modern corporations is that they can use technology to track their employees every waking moment, make sure 
that they're maximizing productivity at every turn. And then they give them these delivery quotas or these shipping quotas, you know, in the warehouse or when they're delivering stuff on the trucks. And then, you know, there are all these stories about how Amazon workers have to defecate mm -hmm. bags and bottles in order to make their quotas so they won't get dinged for poor performance. Mm -hmm. It's a good company. The best thing was when they were like, the Amazon News Twitter account was like, you don't believe the stories about people pissing in bottles, right? If that was true, nobody would work for us. Oh, my God, the logic. I love it. They totally knew about it. They totally just flat out lied. They didn't, they didn't deny it, actually, there. Just said, you don't believe it. Yeah, you're right. Legally, that's very smart. You're right, John. Now you made me depressed. The union vote is going to fail. Damn it. There's no predicted market for that. There's not. I was searching for predicted. I would love for predicted to get into union votes and labor stuff. I think that would be interesting. Someone who is on predicted is Governor Cuomo. The unstoppable one. <laughs> Look at my... Will Cuomo resign before May 1st? No. Trading at 90 cents. David Reese still holding yes. 10 cents. None the richer. New York just announced that they were going to have, they even put the time, starting tomorrow at 8 a.m., 30 and up, eligible. Starting April 6th, all New Yorkers 16 years old and up, eligible. And Cuomo is who has announced this. Of course. Do you think this latest speed in which these vaccines are being released, is Cuomo doing damage control? Yeah, I'm sure he's doing everything he possibly can. And what, do you, now there's a marijuana bill to, to make marijuana legal in New York state? All I can say is, mark my words, Governor Cuomo will resign before May 1st, and I need everyone to join me in this market. Yeah. Let's pump and dump, friends. Let's pump and Maybe dump. Maybe if people don't step forward and get those vaccines, it'll we can help David win like 25 bucks. I need all New Yorkers to refuse to get the vaccines in solidarity mm -hmm. with me because I have $50 riding on this unpredicted. I'm just kidding. It's probably, it's probably literally illegal to say stuff like that. Everybody get the vaccine. Everybody get the vaccine. Yeah, everyone definitely get the vaccine. You can still hate Andrew Cuomo and get that vaccine. Oh. So it, it seems like maybe the Cuomo market for now, the loop has been closed. You're saying that getting Cuomo out of office is going to be even trickier than dislodging the ever given. It's a long year. Yeah, it's a long, I think I should, I never should have, obviously never should have gotten out of the year end market. But it is a long year and they do keep adding things to investigate in this impeachment investigation. They got the sexual harassment. They got the shielding the nursing home and hospital CEOs, I think, as a part of the impeachment. Now they have him doling out vaccines and COVID testing to family and friends. But I'm in the no market because I've tried to follow John and be like John and emulate John and look up to John. And I, yeah. so I did the no's. I was, just, I was like, this year I'll be like John Kimball for Halloween. Halloween's come early. What is time anymore? The clock doesn't work in the car. There's no time. I can just put on my John Kimball Halloween costume now. Are you going to grow a beard? <laughs> I couldn't grow a beard. I'd be impossible. You gonna buy a beard? The Halloween shop in New York closed, so I don't know where you get costumes anymore. Amazon. Use Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do a hilarious bit about our election profit makers Amazon promo codes. When when you're shopping on Amazon, use promo code election profit makers. <gasps> Amazon.com slash EPM cool for 80% off all your Amazon purchases. Yeah. Good luck. I don't know about Cuomo. End of the year, I, I think you know what? Damn it, I'm gonna put let me put my money where my mouth is for once. Mm. It's a 50-50. Here we go. I'm doing it. I'm I'm jumping back into the year-end market. Hold on, everybody. Will I'm jumping out. Really? I was only in it for the waves. I'm in. And now the waves are gone. Cuomo. 
The water is calm. That's not what I got in here for. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any sudden movements in this market if you are in the no position for will he be governor at the end of the year. It's not like suddenly it's going to spike up. It's just going to slowly move up as nothing happens. So you're going to slowly see your position go underwater. And then all of a sudden, boom, you may be in the green. Yeah, for like seven cents. The Cuomo market does not ever giveth. And so time to get out. Hey, if you're not getting anything out of that relationship, bail. Yeah. Bail out of that relationship. I just wanted those exciting weeks when it was like— Pumping and dumping. Sure, those first few weeks of any relationship are exciting with the pumping and dumping. Mm -hmm. And then things settle into a routine. There's a risk of stagnation. Your partner consistently disappoints you. Andrew Cuomo's stagnant market. And at some point you're like, you know what? This isn't working for me. And then you go out and you have a little fling with another market. Maybe you get into the Samantha Power at the USAID market. (laughs) Something new and exciting. Or the special election winner in the Texas 6th Congressional District. As Susan Wright at 83 cents, that catches your eye. Or you enter a healthy relationship with a market that is not based on the initial pumping and dumping. Mm-hmm. It's comforting and stable and enriching. Which market is that? I'm not, this is a hypothetical market. It's definitely oh. hypothetical. Because <laughs> I'm looking through Predicted's homepage like, wait, which one of these markets is a healthy, sustaining relationship? None. <laughs> <laughs> Number of Josh Hawley confirmation no votes. I guess that's a healthy market. (laughs) Ted Cruz censored by the Senate before March 1st. No at 99 cents. Mm, I mean, I guess that's predictable. (laughs) Yeah, when you you look at the markets in terms of a healthy relationship, (laughs) it really is kind of hard to... Because when I look at my portfolio... I mean, you want to talk about some toxic relationship. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) obviously my Cuomo market... Cuomo resigned by May 1st. I never should have gotten into that relationship. I was just so turned on and excited by the hypothetical relationship it could be in my mind that I didn't realize until too late I was stuck in a toxic relationship. (laughs) And then I'm in the New York City mayoral election winner. You know, I went all in on no on Andrew Yang just out of spite because something about him I don't like. And I'm stuck in that relationship and I'm in a death spiral there because... I can't see Andrew Yang winning the mayoral election, but I think it really might happen. It's really wild. And he's got a lot lot of fans on Predict It. Do you think who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination with Trump at the top? Do you think that's a healthy relationship? I mean, I'm in it. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess not. It is for negative risk. Can't lose. We're, we're stretching this analogy to the breaking point, but John is like a good polyamorous. He's in an open relationship. He'll load up no on all these people with negative risk and spread that love around, and then he's making money coming or going. That's, that's like when you're in the lifestyle. You live in the Bay Area, and you have six wives, and you all go to Burning Man together. That's John on Predict It, basically. Mm, okay. Oh, man, I can't wait to get back to Burning Man once the pandemic is, is over. <laughs> It was hard to skip it this year, but when I go back, I got this new silver body paint and I got a penny farthing bicycle. It's going to be amazing. You're playing with fire right now. I'm, I guarantee there are people who are listening to us who really are, cannot wait to I'm get sure. back to Burning Man. I think Burning Man was probably amazing, but now I feel like I wouldn't want to go. I feel like it just got too corporate, man. I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy, but I just feel like it just, I, I just feel like there's too many Silicon Valley people tripping on MDMA and like, Pretending to not love money for a week. I just feel like that's bad energy. It's like when a fucking Grover Norquist went or whatever, you know? 
I don't want to be in some rave tent and then look look over my shoulder and see Elon Musk and Grimes pointing at me with a come hither look, like come to us to our sex yurt and we're we're going to pretend we're having sex on Mars. It's like I don't want that in my life. I heard that Amazon's offering instead of giving the workers a union union they're going to offer them Burning Man. Everybody gets a pacifier and a Ziploc bag full of drugs, and they say, that's your union. Yeah. Speaking of another market, another relationship I'm in, will Laura Trump run in the 2022 North Carolina Republican Senate primary? I'm holding no, and I am up a penny per share. Laura Trump this morning announced she's becoming a paid contributor for Fox News one of America's most fair and balanced news sources. My question is, I thought this market would go crazy on the revelation that she was going to be working for Fox News because some people are saying, oh, right, she's doing this to build brand recognition before she declares for the North Carolina Senate. And then other people are saying, well, I guess she's not running for Senate if she's going to be a Fox News contributor. John, you live in North Carolina and you're a daily watcher of Fox News and you love Laura Trump's husband, Eric Trump, who you once famously said would be a better kisser than his brother, Don Jr. What is your opinion on this news about Laura Trump joining Fox News? I think it's pointing in the direction of her not running. You take a job like this, she's going to be making good money, but I've always thought that it was unlikely that she runs. It's just a huge investment of two years just to run. And then if you win, you're going to be a senator for six years. And she has young kids. She'll be away from her kids. But maybe she takes after her father-in-law who doesn't believe in living with her ki- near her kids or talking to her kids or knowing their names. I think she doesn't take after him in terms of parenting. Lots of fights in the Trump household then. Eric probably does take after Donald. I've heard from people who know that Eric absolutely hates Donald. Well, yeah, but you know what that means. He hates him because it all comes from him desperate for his father's love. No, I don't think that's Don Jr. I think that's Don Jr. It's all of them. Have you not seen Succession? I have seen Succession. I don't think you can say that Don Jr.'s relationship to his father is the same as Eric's relationship to his father. I think those guys have different relationships. I think the baseline is different. But none of them hate their dad in a pure way, the way that you should hate him for the things he has done and the person he is. I kind of heard Eric that Eric does. I don't know. Maybe I got faulty intel. Where did you hear? This is the same person who said that Ronan Farrow's article is going to take down Cuomo. Wow. Okay. Now, now it all comes to the surface. No, this is someone years ago, and I heard it at a bar at night. And when you hear something at a bar at night, you're just automatically believing the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And this person said, I've heard from someone who knows that Eric Trump hates Donald Trump. He doesn't. Not, not, he I doesn't mean, listen, hate him. He doesn't he hate him, him the way we hate him. <laughs> it's still a reflection how Donald, what he wants to get from Donald. It's a weird thing about parenting. It's like, an, it's like a situation where, here's one where I'm not sure I can use the moon in our analogy, but it's almost like they can't hate him from a position outside of the terms that were set throughout their entire life based on the relationship they already have with him. You know what I mean? Like they can't get outside of themselves to hate him. Right. It's like, you know, I grew up in the church, and so even though I consider myself an atheist, my atheism is kind of like me announcing to God, I don't believe in you anymore, God, but it's still taking place within this 
construct that is like so deeply ingrained in me that I can't truly get outside of it. You're still telling God that you don't believe in him. Every night I pray to God and I just remind God I don't believe in him. And it's like, ooh, sucks to be you, God. I don't believe in you anymore. Amen. Sincerely, an atheist who definitely does not believe in you. John, a couple weeks ago, you'll remember, was befuddled by the fact that his new car's clock did not automatically update for daylight savings time. Well, we got a heartfelt submission from listener Ernie. Ernie says, I have a contribution to car clock radio follies. I don't feel great about potentially extending the life cycle of this segment. Arnie, don't you worry. If there's one thing we love, it's extending the life cycle of a segment. Mm -hmm. But I can't resist the potential catharsis of sharing this weird detail I'm surprised to have. My 2015 Toyota Sienna does not have a clock. There's not one in the dash. It's nowhere buried in the multiple digital submenus. I spent weeks thinking I just couldn't find it, but no, there's no clock. Maybe this is more common than I imagine, and I guess I don't really need it, but still, years later, it's a mission bothers and confuses me. John, what do you have to say to Arnie? When I first read this, I didn't think it was possible. So I uh, went online to do some research, and I did find a couple of cases of other people with this problem, with this model and year. So it sounds like it is an issue, but it's definitely not an issue that many people have had. How can that be? It feels like if a car model doesn't have a clock, thousands of people would be complaining about it. Yeah, it, it, it makes me think that it's some kind of software glitch. One, one of the people that I found had taken it to a dealer and the dealer worked on it for an hour and finally gave up. The second person that I found was speaking to someone who was verified Toyota mechanic online. And that Toyota mechanic was answering their question. And he wrote, depending on options your Toyota has, it may not have a clock in the center display. May? So the fact that he said, Bruh. it may not, means it has to be an option that it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me, but... I believe this guy because of the the two other instances. So what's your advice to Ernie? I think it's a software glitch and you have to go to Mazda and make them work on it forever or replace the whole thing. You know what? It's better to not have a clock than have a clock that's wrong. My clock's wrong in my car. I never look at it. Clocks in cars have stopped representing clocks and now they are just that part of the car's design. That's how a lot of people feel about microwave clocks. Yeah, I would feel unnerved it wasn't there. It's like a human appendix. It no longer serves a purpose. I have all my clocks perfectly synced to the second. Sure, sure. Fuck yeah, bro. That's a good feeling. I like doing that. And I'm not like one of these, you know, Mm. A personalities that has to do that. I, I have a messy place, but I always think it's fun to do. Have tight clocks, man. Keep your clocks tight. Yeah, keep that clock tight. I think that's good advice. I don't like to have clocks around. I have my phone and I have that thing in the car that is not does not serve as a clock. But I don't as a rule I do not like having clocks anywhere near me cuz I do not like to acknowledge the passing of time in such a literal sense. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I do not like clocks. You don't like the slow, unbroken sweep of the second hand around the face of the clock. I can't. You're dying. You're dying. (laughs) I'd rather have the sweep rather than the tick, tick, 
tick herky jerky second hands. Mm-mm, I don't like those, but the slow, smooth yeah, yeah. sweep. It's like when I set my tremolo, do you want a sine wave or a square wave? When I go to places, like if I go to a mechanic and they have a clock, I just take it right off the wall. I say, can I borrow a ladder? And then I climb up, <laughs> take the clocks down. Uh-huh. Everywhere I go. Mm. Oh, I've heard about you. That's you doing that? Yeah, yes. Do you go to a lot of casinos? Because they never have clocks. Oh, yeah, you should go to a casino. I feel right at home at casinos. Windowless, timeless spaces. Casinos. My clock is the moon and the tide. And that's all I need. Call back. (laughs) Bingo. Button. Perfect episode. (laughs) Achieved. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We just posted a special Q&A episode for our Patreon uh, supporters, wherein John describes an episode of lawbreaking that left me truly agog. If you want to hear John's encounter with the Canadian airport, support us on patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions, clock radio questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We still, (laughs) I'm blessed to say, have a relationship with predictit.org where you can enter either a healthy or toxic relationship. And you can get up to $20 in matching funds if you go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. Please rate and review this podcast on your computer and share it with friends. Our last reviews are from like Fe- are from February. Yeah. Let's get some updated reviews. Yeah, we need some new reviews. Talk about this scintillating clock radio discussion that shows no sign of abating. Unlike on Pod Save America, those guys don't have the guts to talk about car clock radios. I feel like our listeners, they like a mission. Because last time we asked them to follow me on Instagram to help me get the swipe up function, and they did it. I, I got it. Now I'm at... And I'm, I'm even over. You don't have to stop following me. Keep following me. Everyone new can keep following me. I like followers. But like, I got it. We, we said there was a goal to reach, and then they showed up. It was great. Are you, are you going to issue a new goal about writing a review on iTunes, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should try to get to 500 reviews. I think we have 440-some. Uh, that would be great. We need some springtime reviews. We need some coming out of the pandemic review. Like, just we need to, like, it's spring cleaning time. They don't need to be about coming out of the pandemic. I'm just saying we need to have, like, reviews for this era. This podcast is powered by reviews. Yeah. So 500, that sounds like a good goal to me. We would really appreciate that. If you enjoy this podcast and you want others to be able to enjoy it as well, then we would appreciate a positive review. Oh, yeah, it should be positive. Our goal is 500 reviews. I'd consider reviews positive. I'm David. I guess I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. Goodbye, John. Bye, David. Bye, Starly. Goodbye, dear listeners. Have a good week.